The Sacred Dynamics podcast explores some of the biggest topics of our time, including the true nature of reality, the healing and awakening process, the evolution of consciousness, deception on the path, natural law, and daring to tackle the greatest of all quests, the journey of self-realization. Through conscious awareness and the law of correspondence, we engage individually and thus collectively in the restoration of humanity, embodying life itself, and our symbolic relationship with nature. Dear Sacred Souls, welcome to the 16th episode of the Sacred Dynamics podcast. Thanks for tuning in. In our last episode, we had an amazing conversation with our friend Brandon Bosart, and we most definitely went deep. We dove into the very significant topics of conflict, resolution, and ultimate sovereignty. We highlighted the five biological laws of GNM, Germanic New Medicine, health sovereignty, self-mastery, and realization. We went through the biological and spiritual understanding of illness and healing, the application of daily awareness, and how these concepts relate to the great work or self-realization. Now, Throughout this podcast series, we have had frequent requests for today's tantalizing topic of discussion. Probably one of the largest re-emerging genres or modalities in the psychiatric and holistic wellness arena. So welcome to the psychedelic renaissance. As customary, I would like to introduce our sacred compass, the always now and ever present Brother Jay. Thank you, Brother Roe. Thank you very much. Very grateful to be here and now with you sharing such deep and significant conversations. Thank you, dear sacred souls, for listening. Thank you for being present in the here and now. It seems today's topic is sure to reveal and illuminate, and I love the introduction, the psychedelic renaissance absolutely <laughs> so yeah let's let's dive in i think uh, there's lots to discuss and lots to find out uh, let's begin this journey with some context why don't mm. no mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the mainstream it goes like quote unquote recently psychedelic drugs have once again taken popular culture by storm <laughs> from the re resur resurgence of somatic and transformational healing practitioners to psychedelic startup companies newly forming on Wall Street. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely this is a hot topic. Uh, yeah. Well, from a very, let's say, kind of a mainstream perspective, of course, you see it blasting across the boards. It's hitting all the different buttons across the boards, isn't it? So, yeah, I mean, you know, what what else are they saying, Ro? I mean, there's a, a, a recent New York Times article that claims, quote-unquote, psychedelic drugs are closer to medicinal use. It seems as the, it seems that there is a renewal or re renewed me, uh, media and medical interest in acid, LSD, mushrooms, psilocybin, ecstasy, MDMA, ayahuasca, DMT, dimethyltryptamine, dimethyltryptamine, <laughs> exactly, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and also ketamine. Uh huh. So uh, you know, welcome to the world's 
uh, the, to the world of psychedelics and the role they are playing in our healing and awakening process. Yeah, wow. But there's a lot of con controversy, no? A lot of controversy. I mean, wow. Some even just mentioning some of those. You know, we're just we're coming in hot right from the from the get go on this. We're coming in. You know, <laughs> the LSD, <clears throat> psilocybin, which is, I think, is probably the the uh, the tamest one of the crowd maybe in here i'm not <laughs> sure <laughs> um you know there's uh, ayahuasca's in there and and this is the stuff that's at we're talking about stuff that's being um you know broadcast at mainstream level absolutely it's amazing because as you're saying that and you're talking about that being what's being broadcast at the mainstream level that's quite quite profound isn't it oh absolutely and uh challenging as well it must be for many that have some belief systems that are closed to all of this content. Oh yeah, well, you know the <clears throat> as I as I feel ca called and compelled to express, the power of the experience is testified by the living witness. Hmm. The reason I'm saying that I'm going to say it again because it's just really, really. I, I just like to start off here. The power of the experience is testified by the living witness. This is where we are introducing the uh, pivot point into all sorts of controversy. Absolutely. And, and I'm guessing uh, you're starting with this uh, powerful statement because, of course, we are always linking the content that we manage in this space and this conversation to the realization process. Yes. And so could you explain a bit more uh, this powerful statement, like uh, testified by living witness? This, this, what, what does this mean? So, you know, there's, there's a lot of controversy related to, well, wow, I mean, where do I start? The experience and the experiencer, the experiencer is this live awareness that's behind the experience. Mm -hmm. The experience that's taking place, for example, when we're referring to psychedelics and we're referring to the ingesting of a substance and that there is some, uh, you know, effects that are taking place, what experience that one is having on that substance is a direct first party experience by the living witness yes the others quote unquote outside of this process quote unquote the others outside cannot testify to the validity or the reality level of that experience correct what makes it so profound is that when we start to talk about this, because we're going to get into, uh, you know, we're going to start looking in all sorts of different levels of this. But right from the beginning, you start to see that anything that would be uh, an external opinion, idea, concept of what's taking place for that individual is in the same uh, category as whether or not that 
substance is good or bad for you, whether or not it's uh, evil or whether it's invoking something that is uh, a taboo or that you're going somewhere where you're not allowed to or that you're having some experience that is less than, and here's my main point, that you're having an experience that's less than reality. Yes. You with me? I'm with you. And uh, so basically this means that when one interacts with these substances, uh, one has an experience mm -hmm. that cannot be denied mm -hmm. or questioned by a third party. Or that it is, or that it is being compared to, mm -hmm. quote unquote, reality. Oof. So what is reality? Now you're on it. Uh -huh. You see, we're going to find some very cool spaces here when we start to open that up. But before we do, because we just already went in, we kind of went in strong, huh? <laughs> Why don't we give a gentle review of what we're up, uh, up for here? Some of the, some of the things, at least, uh, ideas of, um, the basics. Let's start with the basics of psychedelics and let's build off of it together. For sure. And go like, what are they? Who's using it? What's it? And, and let's just, let's just fan out like that. And what'll happen is we're going to end up circulating right back to this point right here that we started off with where we came out hot and said, what is, this is like the questioning of reality mm -hmm. already off the front side is what I'm saying. Exactly. And uh, it seems that these substances give uh, one the chance to look at things that are difficult to grasp mm -hmm. in, the, in the traditional or mainstream way of living. Mm -hmm. It gives you like a sort of like an opportunity to look at something that it's difficult to see if you don't go into these experiences. Right, you're breaking breaking the certain patterns that are withholding exactly that coherence. Exactly. Wow. We'll we'll get back to that. So let's start at ground zero. Yes. Start. So let's say what <laughs> Wiki says. About, okay. Oh well. Let's. There you go. There's <laughs> ground zero for you. <laughs> <laughs> so Wiki says, quote unquote, psychedelics are a subclass of hallucinogenic drugs. Uh, whose primary effect is to trigger non-ordinary mental states known as psychedelic experiences or trips and an, an apparent expansion of consciousness. And many psychedelic drugs are illegal worldwide under the, the, under the get this, quote-unquote, UN conventions. Wow. Interesting with occasional expect, uh, expectations for religious use or research contexts. Oh, how gracious. That's interesting right off the bat. Wow. So that's who's saying what? That's wow. who's saying something. So the UN convention is the one who's telling you what's right and wrong now. Exactly. When, when, when these are things that uh, potentially come out of the ground, they're no, I mean, they mm. are yes, this naturally occurring part of nature. Wow, how gracious of them! <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like compounds 
both organically occurring and non-organically occurring. And then there's a whole podcast on organic and (laughs) (laughs) non-organic. Really. But thinking of it in that way where it's an organically occurring uh, or non-organically occurring substance. And it alters, ultimately, what is it doing? It's that you are ultimately altering the consistent framework of one's experience. It's mm-hmm. like all of a sudden there's this breakout. And so what, what, what is it on the, on the, for the very basics, it's a, uh, taking a supplement in this case, this is a psychedelic organically, let's refer to an organically uh, occurring substance. It pops out of the ground. Mm-hmm. You take the substance, and all of a sudden, you are ultimately relieved from a certain level of structural continuance mm-hmm. in your experience. You've broken pattern jail. Exactly. <laughs> Those are the windows that open up and allow you to see more things. Ah, so is this related, Jay, with, with the limitations that we as a, a body-mind complex have in terms of the light that we can perceive and grasp? If you take, if you take, if we look at it, this is how, if we look at it like this, there is a certain ongoing level of settings level of uh, um, programming programs and settings that are taking place in one's experience. Yeah. The, the more that something is repeated, the more that it is, uh, let's say that the more defined it is in one's experience, the more ultimately, the more repetition it will show up, the more rigid it becomes in one's experience, the more evident it becomes in one's experience. Mm-hmm. And so we end up having, and this is where we start to relate this right off the, we got to, this goes so big. But as we start to relate this to the, on the healing side, mm-hmm. we find out that since we've been sharing through the podcasts, these different perspective shifts, including things like getting out of the way, yeah, right? Having certain um, uh, patterns that need to be interrupted and broken in order that one can broaden one's consciousness, in order that one can grow, that one is appropriated towards growth. And so you could look at this as a catalyst, a factor <clears throat> that introduces a major disruption in patterning. And then the subsequent first party experience of what that looks, feels, tastes like. Absolutely. And uh, this makes me think about like we, every person has these sort of goggles like a, like a filter, no? Mm-hmm. The, the light is coming right in from the source, but our brain functions as some sort of goggle type. Yeah, type the of mind. Thing. The mind yeah. you know, works like a goggle. So depending on the programming I have in my mind, 
the type of experiences that I perceive in the realm. Mm -hmm. That's right. And so when I interact with these substances, my goggles kind of like open up to seeing some other pieces that without the substances, it's difficult to see. Mm -hmm. But then if my goggles are clean, I would have like blissful experiences. And if my goggles are, let's say, quote unquote, clean or dirty, I'm going to have distress. That's very interesting where you're going with that. And, and ultimately, I think that the way to look at it is that it's related to trauma material. The cleanliness or the yes, dirtiness of the goggles. Yes, it's related to trauma material. Mm -hmm. It's related to memories. <clears throat> I mean, look at it as the relationship to memories and then recognizing that part of how one as a quote-unquote individual that individual has ultimately been organizing their idea of who they are around their conflict shock subconsciously without aware being aware of that yeah. yes now you're introducing let's see let's say that level of association to this catalyst. Mm -hmm. And so what the catalyst is going to bring up, ultimately it's going to reveal different levels of attachment. It will reveal different levels of, it's going to flash different <clears throat> rigid concepts, yeah. but in a way where they seem like they're the, the lines are squiggly. Mm -hmm. The rules have changed. The, the way you thought it was isn't that way. That's the key to the interruption aspect. Yeah. Now, wow. and, 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 and another thing is that if we, <clears throat> if we look at it as uh, in this emerging or re-emerging or whatever you want to call it, there's an insurgence of these different plant medicines, some of the ones that you'd mentioned earlier, that there's this massive insurgence. But what's so interesting is, is that what we've, if we, if we watch the patterns, what we find is this was this in, there was a, a um, an insurgence of these, um, uh, let's call them uh, psychedelics, hallucin hallucinogenics, there was an insurgence of these in the 60s. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what happened? Well, if you look back at the it. The Beatles. The Beatles happened. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. Oh, okay. Well, so then stay tuned because there's going to be some new uh, worldwide smash band that's going to come out of this. But aside from that, what happened? They introduced them into the psychiatric side of things, into the uh, contemporary medical paradigm mm -hmm. side. Mm -hmm. And then what happened? Then they took them away. Oof. They introduced them. And then what did they do? All of a sudden there was some bad, bad marketing. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden there was some campaign yeah. that was introduced that ultimately pulled them all off the table. Yeah. So that's so interesting. What, why did that happen? What was it that was going on where 
there was this introduction to these substances that have so many different, and we're going to cover some of that. What are some of the, um, you know, uh, what, what, what are some of the experiences that come from these? And also, what is detrimental about them? And what are the, uh, you know, like what, we want to peel back a little bit further uh, so that the listeners get a good kind of a flavoring yeah. of the different directions because there's different camps in this. There's yeah. camps that are saying that it's, there's camps that say that it's not religious. There's camps that say that you can go into uh, some pretty interesting history of how all of the religions have psychedelics tied into them. You know, in uh, between the lines. Absolutely, and this makes me think of the ancient civilizations. No, mm-hmm. there's there's many ancient civilizations that definitely used psilocybin and some other substances in Central America, uh, in many other places, mushrooms, uh, many types of mushrooms, etc. And then, so it's kind of like cyclical, because if those guys were using it, and they were enjoying them, because you know it. it gave a lot of revelation and then suddenly they disappeared and then they came back let's say in the 60s and then they disappeared again Mm -hmm. there seems to be like a like a wave of on and off activity with it but what would be the purpose of the taking it putting it on and then taking it off it seems Uh like there's like a I want to hook you with it uh, or I want to limit you Uh so that you don't realize stuff uh-huh uh-huh does wow. that make sense yeah for sure you know what here's an interesting let's take it here's let's take it here for a sec what's what's so interesting about what you're saying is a uh it, it makes a lot of sense what you're saying but what's so profound is that we've been peeling back in these different podcasts some different uh let's say um, etheric structures or, uh, you know, different um, natural uh, structures that have some functioning here, like different natural laws. And when you start to see these different natural laws, one of the ones that we were peeling back and talking about was the sine wave. Yes. And what is the sine wave, right? <clears throat> it's this oscillating between the positive and negative polarities. Mm-hmm. Now, when we see things have a resurgence, you see that there's this this ebbing and flowing. Mm-hmm. It comes in, it goes out. What is it doing? It's like pressure on, pressure off. Mm-hmm. Pressure on, pressure off. So that's one level of what's going on. Mm-hmm. There are greater cycles that are to, and, and this is going to lead somewhere, I promise. There are greater cycles that when you start to get into alignment, and we've talked about this in some different efforts that we've been putting out, when you start to get into these greater frameworks, then you start to comprehend certain levels of, let's say, um, um, an energetic propensity, or that there's certain uh, flows and, and energetic movements that are taking place. Now, when we start getting into the idea that there is a certain level of manipulation going on mm-hmm. and that that manipulation is ultimately the concept is that it's manipulating the greater movements. Mm-hmm. But can it really manipulate the greater movements 
or does it only have a shot at manipulating those that aren't coherent to the greater movements? Hmm. Good question. Isn't that interesting? Because the real customer of fear is the lack of self-knowledge. Correct. I see. <laughs> interesting. So, yeah. I mean, if you understand the greater scope of what we're talking about, which is always self-realization, mm -hmm. then there's no fear in your experience. And thus, you are not moved by the quote-unquote agenda. Right. So when you're in the flow with what is, and you, and, and you align with what's being aligned, what's aligning, you are in a state of union mm -hmm. with the greater self. So then if you're not in a state of union with the greater self, <clears throat> then you're in different levels of dissonance with yes. the greater self. Yeah. So <clears throat> the reason for this, you know, communicating this aspect is because what is it then that one is looking to do when one goes into, in, in, a, in a very innocent state, one is going to religion for what? One is going towards religion for some level of security. And they're looking for support and security. Mm -hmm. When you go into <clears throat> an experience like this, you're ultimately looking for the opposite of support and security. Yeah. You have to look the other direction in order to break certain patterns. Absolutely. So now when we get into the idea that a, it's <clears throat> regulated because of what reason would it be regulating this substance? And they could say, one party could say that they're regulating it because they're protecting you from hurting yourself from it. But you can look around and realize that they're not actually protecting you so you don't get hurt. They're utilizing it in order to have it as some mechanism that can be controlled and manipulated mm -hmm. because then you can be if you're you if you are manipulatable then you're a customer to fear yeah so part of them pulling it bringing it out and taking it back is as you say this mechanism of give you a taste and then hold it and regulate it but check this out there's another play going on where these psychedelics are competing against pharmaceuticals. Yes. So now you see that there's other businesses or other <clears throat> aspects at play as to what the voice is saying and when. Yes. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, there's, there's more than a couple of moves <laughs> behind all of these. Um, and Jay, Who's using them and for what? I mm -hmm. mean, I understand there's this um, pool to open up to more uh, aspects of realization. And but but how would you answer that question? I mean, who how would you uh, say who 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 is using these uh, 
these uh, substances and, and 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 for what? Because there's there's a way in which people are using them to escape mm -hmm. from something, but then there's another movement that it's using them to not escaping but going <coughs> deeper yeah so, healing trauma uh -huh. well you I mean you know there's one of the big factors here has to, has is related to the application of it for healing and so um you know there's lots of studies i mean we don't need to go too deep into it to to see that there's a ton of different studies that are showing that that you know that this is uh, uh biologically safe and that there is even like a, a list of um, w let's say that all of the different um, psychedelics are placed on a chart as far as what level that they may be of detriment to you f physiologically or mm -hmm. uh, you know and I mean they're pretty light on the scale compared to a lot of stuff that's legally sold as medicine Let's just put out there the alcohol, for instance. Mm -hmm. No, the, I mean, in my experience, alcohol, it's much more detrimental <coughs> than many of those. Yeah. No? Absolutely. There's a bunch of, I mean, I've seen some different, uh, uh, you, know, uh, s you know, studies done on basically what, uh, you know, what level of toxicity it has towards the body. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, from, you know, and, and, and so... There's those different aspects of this, right? But when you start to look at the level of toxicity that pharmaceuticals have, Oof. it's dramatic. Yeah. And what's interesting is, is that pharmaceuticals, a lot of them are contrivances of these naturally occurring substances. Mm -hmm. And so you see that there's this, it's not so easy to draw a line down the middle and go, these ones are okay because they are approved by certain boards mm -hmm. and that they are marketed on TV commercials. Yeah. And so those are okay. And so then it's a, there's no uh, taboo against someone going uh, you know, to the pharmacy and buying something in the pharmacy and then going and have like some complete trip. And there's no, you know, and then all of a sudden you have a, a camp that looks at these naturally, the na at least the organically occurring substances, and looking at them and somehow miscomprehending that it doesn't have to do with good or bad, that you're a bad guy because you're, uh, you know, doing psilocybin, but that you're not a bad guy if you're taking Zantac or whatever the names, I don't even know the names of all those. I was just like, <laughs> no, Zantac was just, a very... Yeah, there's one like that. Right. And, and you know what? <laughs> I could probably throw out a bunch of other funky names like that and probably nail it with the pharmaceuticals <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Right? They have a thing with naming. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that just the point, just to point out that it just, it's a, it's very interesting and it's very gray, the area where you start to look at the idea that you're a good guy or a bad guy or a good girl or bad girl because you're doing, you're, you're, you know, you're uh, taking a substance of one type or the other. So anyway, that's a very gray area when the argument is that it's illegal or it's legal. Yeah. That, that there's that something that's growing out of the cow's poop. <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, and that you, it's illegal for you to pick it up and walk away with it and put it in your mouth. And it's like that actually doesn't, that seems to defy uh, it, it just 
everyday living. Oh yes, and 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 also, I mean, this is like a mind-blowing uh, piece of information. But it's it's common to know that the medical system and the um, pharmaceuticals are basically the number one cause of death in the United States. Mm-hmm. So it's another another. <laughs> A little bit of salt <laughs> in, for the conversation. No? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, one of the big things about the psychedelics is that uh, you know there's there's these different changes and shifts that take take place in the body, and as we say about breaking out of this stuck space, I, I'd like to point out that you know I, I I like to see you know associate it with like the rebooting of the computer or something. Mm-hmm. Or that you're, uh, you know, that you're uh, taking a run at uh, just a certain level of bias, so that you can kind of knock it open and see where there's, you know, where where things are being clung to that need to go. See where you're rigid, where you need to be more flexible. See where, uh, you know, you can finally see something that isn't a repeat of your memory, mm-hmm. and that induces these effects. And of course, it doesn't mean that, and this is another profound part of this. If you ask, like, let's go to, let's go to realization for a sec and go, do you need to take a substance to break out of jail, to break out of mind prison, to break out of, to, to evolve? Do you need to take a substance? I would say it depends, no? Yeah, well, of course, but see, the idea is when you start to look at it that way, you can't, you can't have a blanket rule that says nobody can do it or everyone can do it because it's mm. not really related to that. Yes. It's much more related to the fact that could you completely awaken and dissolve all camouflage without doing any substances? Absolutely. Yes. Ramana Maharshi would say, focus on the seer Mm -hmm. and not the scene. And so, but now we're seeing it in a varying scale because when you take, let's say, an individual, quote unquote, and that individual is locked up into some really difficult uh, trauma patterns that, again, as we've mentioned, the personality it organizes itself around traumas. Yep. So now that person is in a situation where, let's say, they're at the point where they're stuck because all of the thoughts are too thick and the memory repetition is too strong and the, the light is, is like waning as that individual is doing what? Looking away from their divinity. Mm-hmm. And so when we, when we start to see that an individual could be in that level of stuckness, you could find that that individual might, might end up taking on an illness and that illness is the catalyst. That person may uh, get into a, they're so, uh, they have so much of this material inside that they may get into an accident, go into a car accident. They, what's happening is that that uh, 
what's being called is related to what this person is circulating energetically, emotionally, mentally. And so it's ultimately going to call for it Mm -hmm. catalyst. And so whether that catalyst is psychedelics or whether that catalyst is an illness or the death of someone that's that you're deeply uh, in, in love, whether it's, these are all catalysts. So if we see it in that sense, mm-hmm. then we don't have to misunderstand that it doesn't mean it's the path. Psychedelics, it's without psychedelics, you're not going to get to the next step. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that is subject to the subject. Mm-hmm. So it depends on, on on if you're ready or not to. Well, it, it, there's there's people that are going to have uh, a profound experience. I've had many profound experiences that weren't related to mm-hmm. psychedelics. Yeah, absolutely profound. And so, I've also had profound experiences on psychedelics. Mm-hmm. But when we start to go into where instead of disrupting patterns in order to break open spaciousness so that one can get beyond their, uh, you know, limiting patterning in their, then there's a difference from that and chasing to be away from your experience so that you can play the other world through psychedelics because it's better than your world other world uh, character yeah so other the whole you're you're breaking free of a a character of some sort and b an environment that that character is stuck in yeah and so then instead of going back now to to uh, apply the uh, experience to alchemize it into wisdom, that's the part where a lot of people are waiting for the psychedelics to heal them. Mm. That's That's where you see, yeah, that's where you start to see this dependency, this addictive behavior, this escapism. Yes. Because this is ultimately another form of victimhood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That one is escaping their reality because their reality is so difficult. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were to introduce uh, this as a catalyst, as a, for example, reboot on the computer, then you would take it as a reboot and then you would apply that first party experience and alchemize it through processing. So now you would be processing that experience so that you would discard aspects that are no longer uh, significant. And that's how you could see a way of uh, utilizing uh, psychedelics in with the intention behind it of breaking pattern in order that you could arrive and show up for more of what's needed here now yeah so then where it deviates is at the intention 
Yes. So uh, what I'm understanding is that if my intention is related to growth, then I'm going to be experiencing some rebooting type of uh, scenario. Mm -hmm. But if my intention is not growth, but entertaining or escape or escape, mm -hmm. then I will be have uh, an experience which can be also very nice, but it would lack the potential to push you forward. It's going to let you down. So you have to chase the dragon again. Yes. This is how it turns into just like we have been talking about before. Yeah. There's where the, the slide is. Yes. It has to do with the intention. Mm-hmm. And so if the intention uh, on uh, this level of application of this is to break from limiting, self-limiting patterns and to break free and to interrupt patterns and to stream some level of spaciousness, because you know that there's a relation between, and I get this all the time with, with clients, there's a relationship between stuckness <clears throat> and like it's almost like you're sh you're shoved into this tiny box and you have nowhere to move and what is the material that's holding you there the material that's holding you stuck is the velocity of thought that's what's holding stuck mm -hmm. is the velocity and repetition of memory of thought and it gets where you're just like in a straitjacket. People are like in anxiety and they're just trembling and shaking from how uh, they're being impacted by this onslaught of memory and thought. Yes. In positionality, holding it in some light or some position that is like uh, an egregious to your presence. It's like they're in complete distortion with yeah. this present moment. And that is the marker that we need to draw out to realize. This is the marker where when you start to bring out the idea of intention behind anything, what are we really doing? We're revealing well, who's behind it? Yes. Yes. Who's behind it? Is it the non-self? Exactly. Or is it the expression of the divine self? Mm -hmm. That's where we, that's where we see, because the non-self is ultimately propagating its existence yeah. between the past and the future, utilizing fear and all these different tactics that you're funding <laughs> yeah, the ego self. And now that yes. we're talking about the ego, there's also a very, very thin line because all of this movement of psychedelics and everything, when it's used by the ego mind, then there's this spiritual ego that gets activated. Yeah. You know, because there are there people are experiencing great things while using in using these substances. But if, if the ego mind is the one that defined the quote-unquote uh, intention, then the spiritual ego just builds itself stronger. You got it. That's the fuel for the, that's the, the ego's whole, uh, the whole idea of the ego 
is that you are subconsciously funding there you go. a false narrative yes. that is manipulating yourself. So whatever it is that that narrative is doing, the narrative itself is a manipulation, in which case all of its occurrences will be of manipulation. Yeah. So this is where you start to see where things can get manipulated mm -hmm. in this industry, in the psychedelic, use, applying psychedelics to psychiatry, which again, this is like a step forward from uh, you know, applying uh, more toxic substances. Mm -hmm. But when it's still in the same framework that that medicine is built under, and when it's still under the same concepts that you're going to build a new character that's much better than the old one, mm -hmm. then we're still stuck with the intention that will cause suffering Yes. by... Uh, an allegiance to the non-self. Yeah, in separation. And so then, you know, there's this whole idea that we've got now, the whole idea that it's legal or not legal, which is obviously related to different levels of control and different levels of business and different levels of, right, manipulations, mm -hmm. those reasons. Mm -hmm. We find out that it's not, it doesn't have to, doesn't mean it's for everyone. It doesn't mean that you would need to take it or not need to take it it really boils much down further to, is it calling you? Do you feel that it's calling you? What is calling you? Oh, wait a sec. Who are you again? Mm -hmm. Key question. So, so how far does one need to, how many alternate realities does one need to see that would ultimately be more and more and more information? Mm -hmm. Well, what they're looking for is not more information, mm -hmm. whether it's light information, right? Whether whatever level of sensory information, that's not ultimately what one is, is uh, craving. Yeah. What one's craving is the real substance of self, the true depth of one's existence. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you were to say, because I've used uh, a number of different uh, psychedelics over the years. And I'll tell you that if you were to say, if you take psychedelics, then you're cheating, for example. Yeah. You because this, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're cheating. Mm -hmm. You say, okay. And I would say, well, that is an isolated perspective. Because you could also look at it in a, in a similar way and say, if someone was training whatever, tennis, and all of a sudden you brought to them uh, a, a level of a video of techniques that they thought that they were, they were plateaued. They were at the top level of their, and all of a sudden you brought in some video of these techniques that completely brought them to a much more advanced stage of how they played. Would that be cheating? Would that be cheating? Yeah. Uh, exactly. I mean, <laughs> It's, it's interesting, isn't it's, it? It's super interesting, and it's uh, full with thin lines. Mm -hmm. uh, but I get it. So uh, why don't we talk a little bit about side effects? Because there might be some of our listeners that are like, okay, I, I haven't tried them or whatever. And would, would there be some fear involved in the side effects? Or is, is it something that it's super, you know, manageable? Wow. So... 
One way of answering this would be related to utilizing statistics uh, mm-hmm. and contemporary medicine and contemporary science. And so there would be some answers that come along with that. But if we look at it, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a different perspective, what we'll find is, <clears throat> one, that an individual could, if, if, if an individual has, for example, uh, a, a very strong uh, level of patterning towards anxiety, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> they're introduced to one of these substances, because I have, I have several stories of, of you know, individuals, very incredible individu- individuals I've had an opportunity to communicate with and work with through some of these things. I have a, um, um, you know, a client, uh, my brother 3.0 champion, he, uh, he went through an LSD experience really young as a young teen and everything was all super fun and vibey back then, you know, it was in the sixties or, and, but what happened was that he had a certain level of, uh, anxiety in his, in his life. He had a, you know, pretty high, high frequency level of anxiety Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, whatever was going on in his trip, which was super awesome, it pinged his anxiousness and he spiraled into a very, very difficult personal position. And what's so profound is that that uh, experience was ultimately a very distinct marker in his life of basically like his boat got rocked and it was something that the fear level of losing control even whether it was on a psychedelic or any other thing he went to such a level of heightened hypervigilance because he wasn't mm-hmm. uh, mature enough and prepared for what can come from that mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. And so he took on a ton of uh, tension and stress in different parts of his life from that experience. So if someone has a, you know, certain, it, it depends on the trauma material, it depends on, if someone could, you know, another thing that we could say is that someone could look at this, there's a potential that someone could go on psychedelics and heal a conflict that the load's so high that they don't live through. Mm-hmm. That could happen. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's really profound. Yeah. So you have to see it in a, in a different sense where it's like, are you being called by it? When I first did an ayahuasca ceremony years and years and years ago, I did several different ayahuascas. And when I did the first one, I remember this was, man, this was a decade ago. And I remember when I went into this first uh, experience, it was like, is this, uh, they said, are you feeling called by this? Mm-hmm. And I had been offered previously to the time that I first did it. The time I was 
previously offered? I said, no. Are you being called for this? No. Would you be interested in... So if the question was, mm-hmm. hey, would you imagine that you go here and we're banging drums and everyone's getting and you go into a totally different dimension and you start... Da, 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 you want to you wanna vibe like that? No. It was, are you feeling that being called to this? Mm-hmm. And if you're... Remember, what we're doing is we're shifting from going to intuition and instinct instead of... Uh, psychologizing at the character level and then manipulating what it is that's in front of you that you are being asked to engage with. Mm -hmm. So then in varying degrees of that approach, meaning uh, ego self climbing in for a ride, then the response to it is going to be difficult. And it's going to expose different aspects that that individual may not be comfortable going through. Mm -hmm. And then, and here's the next part, after they've gone through this, uh, let's say the groundbreaking experience, they need guidance to process. Mm -hmm. They need guidance to process. Would you say everyone needs guidance to process after the experience or it's something that may have two sides of it wouldn't it be amazing to be guided through everything well absolutely and so then how would you be guided through everything how you would would be that instead of you uh, contorting your experience to pretend to be the doer that you would relinquish that to the source of your existence and then align fully in trust with all of what is intuitively and instinctively circulating through your expression. Mm -hmm. That's the way that we want to become skillful as to approach it so that we take off the table all sorts of other variables that may or may not be that significant to the ultimate choice Mm -hmm. of doing it or not doing it and being able to align with and and completely expand on an experience through it absolutely yeah i think i I think it's important for for our listeners uh you know to you're the one that can only know if you're for it or not You're ready for it or not. And you know what? Here's what I want to point out, bro. This is so profound. I want to point out that there is a very uh, clear way that one could be in an alignment with that level of questioning. Is this for me or not for me? Should I do this or not? Am I being compelled? or? And that line of uh, understanding, it is related to your ability to be in alignment, your ability to be present, your ability to draw upon intuition and instinct Mm -hmm. and support its expression that's coming through you. The inability to do that is where we're seeing a lot of different parts of what is unskillful across the board here Mm -hmm. in this mind world. So once again, we find, look, 
legal or not legal, that's a certain threshold. Good or bad, that's a certain threshold, positionality. But intention behind it, that's much more significant. Absolutely. And then here's the key to it, brother. It's the kinetic response inside your body that is giving you a, uh, it's a, the body is a tell. I like to say that the body is the instrument cluster. Mm-hmm. The body is a tell. So the body, all it does is just tell and re- it's expressing in real time what it what, is. It's the dashboard. It's, right. It's the dashboard. So if I'm in an alignment with the body and how it's operating and how it does this expression and shares and expresses, then I would be able to see that at any given moment, there are impulses that are coming through the central nervous system. Mm -hmm. Those impulses could be separated into two categories. One of the categories would be a life-giving pulse. Mm -hmm. The other category would be a life-taking pulse. The cycle. Uh Uh-huh. So you've got the positive, you've got the masculine and feminine. You've got the yin and the yang. And so there is a certain level of pulse that is uh, 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 is a li- would be registered to the physiology as life-giving. Mm-hmm. That would be yes. Now you see that there is certain, uh, you know, that is stimulating that is life-taking. Life-taking would mean a no, unless it was that you were in some level of, uh, um, let's say, manipulation based on you not being in touch with Mm -hmm. your intuitive side and you questioning whether you're supposed to go over here or do that or should I join this or should I be with that's a level of fragmented uh, presence that won't be able to uh, decipher the message of life giving or life taking I think you just touched a super important uh, piece here because, I mean, one needs to be in contact with uh, oneself in and be very aware of the dashboard and what the dashboard, the body, is actually communicating. Because I've seen many, many people that don't necessarily have that sensibility mm-hmm. developed. And that's when it gets really slippery. Yeah. No, because you are then manipulatable. Absolutely. You're manipulating manipulating yourself and you are manipulatable and being manipulated by your experience. Exactly. It's a slippery slope. And then you start getting into uh, uh, danger, uh, accidents, illnesses. You just start going down that path because... Mm -hmm. Which is life-taking. Which is uh, exactly because the the profound nature of just the realization that the body is the instrument cluster. What is it? It's an instrument. What are inside it? Other levels of instrumentation. It's a cluster of instrumentation. It's constantly expressing without manipulation. It's say doing what it's seeing Mm -hmm. now the manipulation comes in to what it's seeing Mm -hmm. (laughs) so there's this usurping of a natural 
communication that is unbiased. I'll tell you the truth. You tell me the truth. I tell you the truth. You see? Mm -hmm. And so instead, it is, I'm lying to myself. I'm going to lie to you. You're going to lie to me. How far am I from the self? Exactly. And, and this brings up a question. Let's see. Um, we have the conscious mind and the unconscious mind. And as we have talked in previous episodes, we relate a lot of our intelligent biology or, you know, uh, or, or the biological computer that, that we operate in. Uh, it's very much related to the unconscious mind. Mm -hmm. So psychedelics open a door or a channel of communications with the unconscious mind rather than the conscious mind? Look, look at them like they're merging together. Instead of thinking of two minds, uh -huh. then we become... Right, because ultimately yeah. you don't have a, 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 a conscious and subconscious minds. What you have is different thresholds of mind. Mm -hmm. So their mind goes from gross to subtle. Mm -hmm. So the more subtle the mind, the less uh, material level of mind it is. Mm -hmm. That means that it's also closer to because it has to slip through in order to be the greater mind. Mm -hmm. So this level of mind that we're saying is beyond the local value of mind. Mm -hmm. Now we're talking about the, you call it the Akashic Records, you call it, call it the cosmic womb, you call it the uh, uh, sequential potentiality, call it what you want, but what is it? It's access to super consciousness. Mm -hmm. That's where you're sliding through because when you go into subconscious, subconscious is ultimately gateway to super consciousness. Mm -hmm. So what does it mean? Ultimately, it means that there are different varying degrees of computation that you are not in a uh, intellectual uh, awareness of. But those computations are happening in a deeper, more subtle aspect of mind that's not, let's say, tethered mm -hmm. to the material being. Yes. It's like the difference of your computer with its hard drive and then plugging in the internet once again. Mm -hmm. So now you look at psychedelics and go, this is another idea of plugging in the internet accessing. And what I like to say is, I like to say it this way. I'm taking uh, the only, the only way to be the Tao is to be at the middle ground. Mm -hmm. And so is it good or bad? Should you or shouldn't you? Look, if, if you're not at the stage fully where you can just straight out, go straight to the self and dissolve the non-self today, then you would start to, as this work is, is to break patterns and take back your, the ocean of consciousness, the ocean of peace mm -hmm. that is your, the backdrop of all of this phenomena. Mm -hmm. But if you need, for example, I like to, I've said it over the years like this to people. If you just once in a while, you just needed a boost to see over the wall of the labyrinth, Mm -hmm. But then when you drop down, then you utilized that experience so that you could gain headway on this fulfillment of 
your mission to realize, then it sounds like you might be in the right alignment. Yeah. And if it is of some other reasoning, then it would be that someone is going, I need a boost over the wall. And then when the boost wears off, I'm back. They go, oh man, I need a boost. I can't be behind this wall any longer because I've seen what's behind it. And then what happens? They compound dissonance and then use the substance to try and get, get away from this compounded dissonance. So instead, whether it's for you or not, A, are you called to it? And when I say called, I mean somehow it's pinging you and hitting you on different channels. Somehow other people are talking about and it's some kind of vibe that you're feeling from it. This is how you start to see something's calling you. Yeah. And then what would you do? You wouldn't chase it down and wrestle it. You would be inquisitive and open and follow and go, what is this about? What is this? There is a calling here. What are, what does that mean? It means that it sounds like you're following intuition. Yes. Now you could be in the right space that you would be in alignment with something that is going to occur that is beneficial to support your growth in consciousness. And then you could also see it in another way and say, I, I can't alchemize. It's too hard. I, it, I've, I've just let my mind get too... Uh, you know, uh, live, it's too hot. It's too monkey mind. Mm -hmm. So I get to peek over the wall and then you shove me in a cage as the monkey mind. And it's like, I can't go from here. That's where you see why would someone need guidance? Yes. Because before you took the substance, you would also want to be in a state where you said, how am I going to process this? What? What? level of support do I have that I can lean on if something comes up that is I can't compute yes love it love it absolutely because and you know what uh, <clears throat> the, the tip here is one needs to understand or be able to decode if it's life giving or life taking yeah that's called the kinetic response in the body yes so there's a kinetic response. So that's a very big, and you know what? So important because this is one of those um, elements that when you can learn it and apply it, instead of you needing someone to tell you if it's right or wrong, you just apply the framework that offers you the clear, direct yeah. response. But it needs a clear mirror. And, and one of those mirrors, I suppose, this is a question, my friend, but I think that one of those mirrors that could be utilized as a tool to determine if, one, if you're ready or not to go through these type of experiences is the level of equanimity that you have. No? Because if you are able to being open to anything that comes up, it's different as if you are not ready to being open Right, anything. but I'm going to throw a curveball at you, brother. Please. And, and only for one reason. What one thinks that one needs is much different than what is coming. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, so, so that said, the idea of having to get prepared for it can also be 
the very thing that takes someone from the ability to be aligned with it. So it's not about saying you got to get to a certain point in equipoise. It's about going, are you really being called mm-hmm. for this? Mm-hmm. And what does that call look like, feel like, and taste like? No? And, and let's let's try to answer that. Okay. Like, how, how would you say this calling feels like? There's, look, I'm only going to just share some personal experiences that I'm going to pepper in that you could say, oh, because it could come any way that it could. It could be, for example, that all of a sudden, three people that you really love that are super amazing come forward at the same time and go, I feel like I want to do this. And I feel like maybe you should do this with us. You're like, whoa, that's weird. Three people that don't talk to each other, let's say, because I've had this. Three people that aren't in communication with each other all come forward at the same time. Whoa, is that a synchronicity? I don't know. What's behind this? What's the next step? Get really present. Mm -hmm. That's the next step. Mm -hmm. Why? Because all of the answers or solutions always come in a less excited state. They always come in a state of convergence and alignment. So then I go into alignment. Why? Because that allows me to see how things are connected. Mm-hmm. So then I go, this is interesting. Why would this be like this? And then all of a sudden it turns out that it's on a day that I don't have anything scheduled. And it turns out that there's also someone else who's doing it. That Do you see how all these different things start to show up and you could go, well, that's interesting. But at this point, I'm still going, huh, I feel drawn to this. Okay. Follow this sense without pushing it away, without pulling it at you, without Mm -hmm. chasing it. Mm -hmm. Just follow the clues and get really present. That's where everything reveals. That's what the revealing is. So then it could be the same where you get an omen, let's say, where it goes, I want to do this Friday. And you're kind of chasing it and you got a little feeling in your gut like you're nervous. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that it's not the right thing, but you feel nervous. Mm Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you find out that it's uh, in a location that you had a really weird experience at once. And you see, I'm just painting these different ways where what would I do then? What I would do was I would get really present. Yes. And I would relinquish it so that I'm not clinging to it and I wouldn't push it away. And I would go like this. And this is what my, how I would like to, share some way of advising our audience. Yes. I would go like this. I would go, if it's meant to happen, you can't avoid it. And if it's not, no matter what you do, you can't make it happen. Mm -hmm. So by those guidelines, I could just relinquish the poker in the fire Mm -hmm. or the bet on the table And I would just stay in a flowing state of saying, reveal, reveal, reveal. That's what realization is. Mm -hmm. So how many things are showing up proposing a revealing for us? And what we do is we mistake the revealing for something that we cling and try to drag to us or that we try to push away that we don't want. Meanwhile, it's just lined up for a revealing. 
It's the realized that will see it. Absolutely. Nice. Well said, my friend. <laughs> I think that's very valuable. Mm -hmm. You know, because sometimes it's uh, difficult to read the the dashboard. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you have desire propagating yes. in one direction or the other. That's one of the major reasonings why someone would not be reading the mail that's coming in through. <laughs> Right? They're not reading the mail because their desire is so high that it's over it's usurping, it's over amplified above the clear message. Yes. So here's another line. So should people do it or not? Again, what is the intention? Are you being called? You know, and, and when you get to that point, what's so cool is is that you can start to go, because here's here's the the most skillful aspect. At this point, you would say, to whom is this experience being requested? Who am I to call this experience? Who am I to enter this experience? To whom will this experience register? Mm -hmm. Is the seer of the experience lacking scope is the seer of the experience experiencing anxiety is the seer going through uh, um, suffering it's so profound that I encourage people to take that uh, investigation and really, really aim and focus into that investigation because what you'll find is is that the seer of the experience is unaffected by the experience and the seer of the experience itself is not having anxiety. Yep. And, and there is such a profound shift that you could see that and here's my some of my final comments on this. All experiences of the mind. So if you're having a heightened, dramatic, otherworldly experience on psychedelics, you're not outside the mind. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. when, you, when you get to that level, now we're calling upon an even deeper level of introspection where we go, I got peeked, I peeked over the wall, I saw the terrain, and then I dropped down and I started applying what it is that I experienced. And I started uh, applying it and all of a sudden I got movement in the labyrinth. And when you start to, to, to uh, get movement in the labyrinth, what it does is it loosens off a lot of the um, pressure that people are carrying with them on any given day where all of a sudden it just blows apart a bunch of there's stuff people are carrying that they don't even remember that's in oh, their yeah. program Absolutely. it's running it's i mean there's people that are depressed about something that happened five years ago mm -hmm. and the, the very nice um and very valuable as well I, I i would say that we've already talked about people that are being cautious 
in approaching it or not? Uh, what nugget of information can we share our audience if if we are in the other side of the fence? Like you're already hooked. Mm -hmm. You're already hooked with all of these substances and psychedelics and things. And right. So the ego is very strongly playing that character right. role. Escape is, is taking the escape hatch. Wh what would you sh share with people that are on that side of the fence? That's a beautiful question. Thank you for bringing it up, brother. Look, the, the, the most skillful way that one would apply to that would always be questioning who it is that's addicted, who is attached, who is depressed, who is broken. This is where the most skillful and important approach is for those individuals. It also happens to be s seemingly the most difficult, although the most simple. The most direct. The most direct, but seemingly the most difficult. Mm -hmm. That would be where the most skillful approach would be. From there, what would be important would be the questioning that this individual is willing to start to question within their experience to find out why is it that now is such a problem for them that they need something else to get away from what it is. You need to bring what that is that's being avoided. That's where the lesson is. That's where the conflict resolution is. It's in the conflict. Yes. So that means that the conflict is being buried and looking away from. But what does the conflict need? The conflict ultimately needs a continuous flowing uh, the, the continuous flowing awareness of source. Mm -hmm. Always. That continuous flowing awareness of source is being blocked by whatever it is. Yeah. The shadow. And what is the shadow? Ultimately, it's the mind because it's what's getting in the, fil the filtering of this uh, streaming source yeah. awareness awareness is light yes awareness is light what does it need needs light so if i can't look at it and i am constantly looking away from it because it's so painful the amount of pain involved in it is related to how far out of coherence the perspective of the event is being held as. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we need to introduce more different perspectives in order to round out. Otherwise, one is isolated in a past event that's in the quote-unquote past. Mm -hmm. And so in their mind, they can't fix it because it's gone. The Whoever did it, there's no, there's no connection with whatever the reasons are. This is where one is propagating this trauma and avoiding the opportunity. And so if it means that by uh, streaming, by, by subsidizing uh, some psychedelic, that 
it breaks open some space for alternative perspective. It's ultimately uh, creating room for resolve. Yeah. But then you have to stream the flowing, unbiased attention, and the only one who can stream it is you. Boom. Boom. Awesome. I think that that was um, beautiful for those that need that recognition. Yeah. Awesome, my friend. I mean, wow, this been this this has been a tremendous conversation. Yeah. I think there's room for much more. Oh yeah. Let's um, let's let's back this thing up with uh let's back it up with another one with introduce some more questions if uh I'd like to shout out to our uh, listeners our audience if you have some uh, level of questioning along here if you've got experiences that you want to share with us that you've gone through or are going through um, i would love to hear from you because we can also filter that into the next uh, you know few recordings because this is a big one we've had you know requests for it it's it's a hot topic definitely so let's let's circulate back in with it again huh absolutely and so you know why don't we jump into the into the now Uh, always relevant golden nuggets. Ah, yeah. Didn't we just hit complete nuggets all the way through this? <laughs> I feel like every time we say that, I'm like, well, I don't want to have to say this again, but you may want to listen to this podcast again or share it with a friend or a loved one. That said, let's get into the nuggets. Absolutely. <laughs> um, basically, as, as the, the nuggets I've uh, taken note on while we were talking is uh, first the recognition of what are psychedelics, mm -hmm. no? how, how they work, if there are some side effects. Um, we touched on the legal or illegal piece of it, which is really interesting. Lots of gray lines and mm -hmm. things. Um, also, lots of, uh, we talked about manipulation that's behind of all, all, all of this. At the beginning, we mentioned about these uh, goggles, if they're dirty, if they're clean, and how that can affect your experience with these substances. Or, or as I said, the trauma material or the... Exactly, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, and, and, and also, I mean, the life-giving and life-taking recognition of whatever experience you're feeling. Right, the, oh. the, this is the kinetic response. This is a big one. This is where your body is ultimately uh, in response to um, stimulant. And this, and, and this, this stimuli is your direct uh, communication with. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, you know, I, 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 I don't like to use the truth as a ongoing, diluted term where it's like this is truth and that's truth and this is truth because ultimately there's one truth. Mm -hmm. But in the relative field of relativity. There are different foundational aspects that can be observed, recognized, and worked with. Yeah. And that's, you know, as we talk about the kinetic response, this is a bona fide scientific engagement with the responsiveness of the organism. Mm -hmm. Unbiased. The bias that enters is bias based on non-self, on shadow, on... Uh, incoherence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's that's a, a trippy thing, but it's real. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's truth. Mm -hmm. um, 
Also, we talked about healing versus escapism, mm -hmm. which is also very important in this matter. Mm -hmm. um, mind experience versus self-realization, of course. Mm -hmm. That's the self-realization button mm -hmm. that we always talk about. And uh, we also talked about some tips of how to manage these experiences both sides of the of the uh, fence no? mm -hmm. if you're not hooked if you're hooked and how to approach this uh, subject no? yeah no and and again and i just want to mention one more time those are all nuggets bro and what a what a beautiful episode there's just we left a lot on the table still and so uh, like i said to our listeners uh, you know a shout out to our listeners by all means reach out and uh, you know reach out to us and uh, I also wanted to mention and just make a few comments on the Sacred Mastery School because, um, you know, we are so deeply moved and grateful to be offering this. And so we're just, you know, putting it out there that if you are feeling moved and you feel uh, that you want to advance in this personal work, uh, you can join or even gather a group of friends or like-minded individuals that are compelled to go beyond what's limiting. If you want to engage more in advanced healing and advanced realization to amplify consciousness expansion, this is what this path is about. So let us know um, through uh, you know interaction with how you're feeling, how you're moved by it. Um, also want to operate... Uh, you know, some other really incredible things along the path that are coming for us. If you're interested in getting engaged in the great work and you want to start right away, we invite you to review some options, one-on-one uh, -on -one work directly with Sacred J. If you are uh, feeling compelled, either on video conference or there are some space openings in the Baja, if you happen to be down here, if you're feeling moved, also tune in to one of our four sacred seasons. This is a free online meditation event that we put on. We just completed our winter solstice, and so our next event will be coming up in March. And of course, again, there is more coming. So reach out, connect with us, huh, bro? Absolutely. And uh, well, I just want to say that, you know, thank you very much for connecting. And of course, if you are moved by this, please share this work with your family and friends. Hopefully this reaches many, many more people so that ha uh, everyone has this uh, information and opportunity to integrate some of the nuggets that we've shared in, mm -hmm. their, in their experiences. Mm -hmm. And as Jay mentioned a couple minutes back, please uh, contact us, uh, you know, if you want to talk about a specific subject or just discuss some ideas, we'll be happy to, to, to engage in that type of right, conversation. Right, or guests on the show. If someone has wants to be a guest or if they feel that there's a great guest or if they feel we would be a great guest somewhere, let us know. Yeah, let's, let's connect. I mean, at the end of the game, this is uh, about community and building a channel of communication that resonates and builds uh, value for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, so connect with us through Instagram at Sacred Dynamics with 1D. Visit our website, sacreddynamics.com, also with 1D, or you can join us at our Telegram channel at sacreddynamics1D. Uh, you'll find all the links in the show notes. Indeed. Thank you for listening to the Sacred Dynamics podcast. Until next time, stay connected through conscious breath and grounded presence. Namaste. Namaste. Namaste.